Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi, this is Katie. And hey there, this is Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. Woo, Grindhouse Girls podcast. And we are officially on episode 30. Woo! 30, three, zero. We made it. Oh my God. Did you ever yes. think we would? Yes, yes. I'm really excited because now, like, 30 is out of the way. I'm like, oh, next up, 50. So Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And we'll probably, I mean, I feel like we'll probably get to, like, 34 maybe, maybe just 33 before we, like, take a small break during the yeah. hollow days because we, we're going to need a small break during the hollow days. Um, but yeah, so this is exciting. So this will go out in late November, but it's um, <laughs> November 4th right now. Uh, it's a weird day. We still don't know who the president of the United States is yet, <laughs> or the next one is. So we're, you know, it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. It's it's going to be fine, y'all. And those who don't live in America, I'm so glad you guys don't have to deal with all of this stuff. But yeah. we don't, we don't want to get political. We're not going to judge anybody on any decisions or anything. Just we love you all and it's going to be okay. Yes. It's going to be okay. Keep, okay. keep looking at pictures of cute cats and dogs and yes. take deep breaths, drink your water. Um you can get your watch, naps in. Yes, you can watch this 3-hour Korean horror film that we watched this week. That's what I did on the 3rd. Uh and Britt chose it. So Britt, what, what movie are we doing this week? Yeah, so we are actually doing The Wailing, which is a 2016 South Korean horror film. Um, it is currently on Shudder, and I'm in Amazon Prime. Um, I don't know why, Katie, but I decided to watch this one on the Amazon Prime at, um, streaming mm-hmm. service. And it, the one thing about Amazon Prime that kills me is that you really can't pause it. You have to back out of the movie. Oh, mine have you, you can. Really? It doesn't uh-huh. let me pause it on mine, so I have to literally hit the B button, which is okay. It still takes you back to the movie when you hit enter, but it's just, I don't know, it irritates me. Well, <laughs> I'm also like an Amazon, like, whatchamacallit? I'm an Amazon... Hold on. Officiano? Uh, well, no, I just have a lot of Amazon products. Like, I have, oh. I have a Kindle, I have Amazon Music, because I like my Kindle, and I have a Kindle Fire, so it's like a tablet. And I'm getting, I'm actually getting an Echo Dot. For, not an Echo Dot, Woo! an Echo. Like the video Echo. So I can have an Alexa house. So I'm cool with an Alexa stuff. So maybe it's maybe it's because I usually watch it on my Kindle. Because I can like move it around while I'm doing chores and still watch the movie. Although I feel like that was a detriment when I watched the movie this time. Like I feel like I should have, we, we were going to watch it on Halloween when we didn't know it was three hours long. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is a foreign film, too. And we love our for, foreign films, yes. but of course, we don't speak uh, Korean. Um, so you yes. definitely have to read the subtitles with this one. So it you, is two, two hours, 40 minutes of reading subtitles. Yeah, so we didn't so. want to subject. We had a very tiny, tiny, socially distanced Halloween 
get together with a couple of our friends from college at Britt's house, her beautiful home. I finally got to go Aww. to her new house. It's so Yay. cute. And it actually, it looks really good, y'all. Britt was like, Taylor was like, oh, we're still working on it. I was like, I don't have a couch yet. You don't understand. Like, your house looks gorgeous compared to Our couch is like 27 years old. So that's like actually one of the first things we're going to replace. Yeah. The the (laughs) ones that I got rid of were probably that old. So like, no, no judgment. I just got rid of them because it was easier to get rid of them before I moved than after I moved, in my opinion. So anyways, we didn't want to subject our our, uh, friends that... Uh, we're uninitiated to watch a three-hour Korean movie. But we did watch Trick or Treat. I finally saw it. It was super cute. Um, I refused to blow out my... Um, well, I have electric candles in my jack-o'-lantern, but I would not d- extinguish my jack-o'-lantern when I got home, even though it was after midnight. Because um, <laughs> I was like, I just really don't want Sam to come kill me now. But I thought it was cute. It was very different than I thought it was going to be. I honestly thought it was going to be a lot scarier, and it was a yeah. lot more just like funny and Mm -hmm. fun which i enjoy like it was kind of nice but it wasn't like it was like fun but not like family fun kind of halloween because i feel like most halloween movies are either scary and gory (coughs) or they're strictly family friendly and there's not a lot of like adult movies that are just fun for halloween it's like yeah so i think trick-or-treat if you haven't seen trick-or-treat yet it's on it's not streaming for free anywhere but you can rent it on um, amazon prime and uh, I think Apple TV is what we watched it on. But mm-hmm. it was fun. And we watched Evil Dead, but I forgot we watched Evil Dead because we were talking. So, <laughs> and I think we only had Evil, Evil Dead, Dead on for like a half hour, so we didn't watch the whole thing. But yeah, but, um, yeah. I, I, I guess uh, so. I will go into my mini synopsis Yay! on The Wailing. Um, it's not my best synopsis, but you know, it's, it's you know, it'll, it'll give you the idea. Hey, um, also with the- Air Mystery. This is a very, like, confusing plot line. Yeah. It's fi- I had to watch a couple. I watched the whole thing, and then I rewatched a bunch of scenes, because, again, it's three hours, so I didn't have time to rewatch the whole thing. <laughs> but I watched select scenes, and then I, like, watched a bunch of, like, people, like, talking about the plot again, because I was just like, let me make sure I understand this, because... There was only one scene that just really, really confused me, and I think I had some clarity on it finally, but everything else I was like, I, I get it. Um, so I, I, I understood it, there, like, there was just one scene, and, and we'll elaborate on it, because I'm sure right. it's the scene you probably had the same issues with. Um... Maybe. Maybe it's a totally yeah. different one. Oh, maybe, Ooh. maybe. Um... But yeah, so The Wailing, like I said earlier, is a 2016 South Korean horror film. Um, to kind of dive in, uh, when a strange and violent illness that leads to multiple cases of murder overtakes a small village, fingers are pointed to a mysterious foreign stranger. As policeman John Gu is pulled into the investigation, the personal stakes are suddenly raised as his young daughter starts to show symptoms of the same illness. Very nice. Very yes. nice. Good job. Thank you. Thank um, you. That was I was good without giving too much away too. Um yeah, this movie um yeah, it's an interesting premise. I do like the premise a lot. Um I, I kind of like and I don't know if you got this too, but it's very genre blending. Yes. Yeah, I think that's probably my f- like my favorite part of it is it is starts out it's interesting cuz it it starts out you see this um, gentleman. I'm trying to sorry. I'm trying to get my 
IMDB up because I had it up and then it closed it. Um, you see this Japanese stranger is what I think. Unfortunately, in the movie, they decide to call him a very by a very derogatory name that uh, World War II people used to call Japanese soldiers then. I don't feel comfortable really saying that. Um, so, but we're just going <laughs> to call him the Japanese stranger because he is a stranger. We can just call him the stranger, honestly. But he is played by a Japanese actor who was in, who was the friend who was suspicious of the crazy girl. <laughs> crazy girl. I can't remember the character's name. Asumi. 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 I didn't remember her name. Okay. So the stranger is played by the Japanese actor June Kunimura. Kunimura. Um, and, uh, I was, it was fun seeing him again because he, um, is in audition. He plays the producer friend who sets up the audition and, uh, is suspicious of Asami. Um, so I found it very interesting that, um, he was in this movie. I was like, oh, cool. It's a little tie together. Ah, it's awesome. Um, so we see him like fishing, which, and there's like, there's a lot of like biblical stuff in this movie, which we can talk about later, but starts with a quote from... Luke 20, chapter 24, verse 38. Why are you troubled? Jesus asks, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and feet. It is I, myself. Which is like when Jesus came back from the dead, all the apostles were like fucking freaked out, obviously. <laughs> and they were like, oh God, it's a ghost. And he's like, no, 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 I'm flesh and blood. Which is a little hint to the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. But you see that, and then there's the quote, and then it's, like, this very, like, somber, like, credit sequence. It's very, like, just just text and black, and you see this beautiful, like, place um, in Korea, and then, like, it's just, like, raining, and there's the kind of oafish main character, uh, Jonggu, and he um, doesn't want to get up and go to his job. <laughs> And he's just like, oh, God. Uh, and it's, of course, like, to a murder scene. <laughs> so he's just like, uh. And his wife and his mother-in-law are like, you got to eat, man, first. So, like, they're having like, these very funny conversations. Like, what happened? I don't know. I think somebody got killed. Oh, fuck. You got to eat first, though, man. It's not going to. I think they say, like, uh, the dead aren't going to get any deader or something like that. Like, the dead will wait. It's fine. So he's kind of like an oaf. And he keeps kind of, like, tripping over everything. He's late to his job. But then you get to the murder scene, and it's terrifying. He gets yeah. this murder scene, and the um, the guy, the culprit, the perpetrator, um, is a ginseng farmer, and he kills one man, drags his body back to, I think, his home, and then kills his own wife, and, like, stabs her a zillion times. And then there's, like... this. So there's, like, blood everywhere. It's awful. And then, like, he's, like, covered in boils. And he just looks like he's high off his ass. And they're all, like, what the fuck is wrong with him? He's not drunk, but he, like, seems like he's on drugs. So there's this juxtaposition of, like, very humorous (coughs) scenes. um, And then just horrific violence. But it's not. It's not like Audition where it's, like, or, like, Itchy the Killer or anything like that. Where it's, like, hyper-violent. It's more like you're watching, like a police procedural that's very like like Mindhunter where you see like the murder scenes and they're very realistic um but it's really fucked up but then like like he trips on like stuff because he's an idiot and um yeah it's it's interesting I like I like that there's also like a really funny scene where like 
he and his wife are having sex in their car because, like, it's the only private part of their, like, it's away from their house. And their daughter just, like, knocks on the windows, like, hey, guys. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then he, like, takes her to, like, he, like, bribes her with a bunch of gifts. And then he's like, he's like, I'm really sorry you had to see that. And she's like, oh, it's not the first time, but thanks for all the gifts. And I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. It's interesting. Also, the grandma curses up a storm in, like, the first five minutes, which I love. Yeah, it's like his mother-in-law. So, yeah, it's set up that, like, he's this very, like, kind of plain guy. Like, he is a police officer, but it's this very small town. Like, you know, it seems like it's a close-knit community. It's definitely, like, a rural community. So, there's a lot of farmland and stuff. Actually, absolutely beautiful scenery. But there's an opening scene (coughs) where after the first murder that him and his cop buddy are, like, in the police station. It's nice. Uh, It's nighttime. And I, oh, yeah. I love this scene. And, like, because, you know, it's, I thought, because they're always joking. Like, it's, like, this movie has a lot of, like, humor sprinkled throughout of it, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, but they're, like, chilling in the police station. He points, and he is like, who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is that? And I thought maybe, like, he was joking on his Me buddy. too! Yeah. I thought like, it was, like, a joke. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> And no, there's, like, a naked lady just, like, staring at them. You're like, oh, shit, there actually is somebody. Um, also, yeah, they like, hide the, behind her desk because you know they're police officers, yes. but they hide behind her yeah. desk. Yeah, and he's like he's like the commanding officer, like because he's a <laughs> sergeant, and his partner, I guess, isn't a sergeant. He's like, you go and like you know at work when your manager tells you to do something you don't want to do, you're like, I don't want to fucking do it, and he's like, oh shit. But then she's gone. Um, yeah, and also like this right after this was a really funny part was like <laughs> his his partner is telling him the story about how this farmer. Um, this farmer, uh, what am I trying to say? He, oh, he hit his head and saw this, the the stranger, who, they never give him a name, but we'll just call him the stranger, the mysterious stranger, and he saw him, like, eating his deer, like, his deer that he had hunted, like, the deer carcass and crawling on all fours in a diaper, and, like, uh, his eyes were glowing red, so he's telling him that story. He's like, isn't that scary? And he just, like, deadpans. is like, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it's hilarious. It was very funny. And then, like, so you think he's just trying to get back at him. But no, there actually is something scary going on. Which I was getting some vibes, not to get too spoilery, of, like, The Exorcist. Because, like, that movie, again, I've seen the beginning of The Exorcist. And I've seen a lot of, like, the scenes where, like, they're medically testing Reagan, but I haven't actually seen the whole movie because I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> I will watch, we, we will do it eventually on the podcast, and I will face my fears, but I'm a little afraid they'll have to sleep with a crucifix for a while because I'm, I, I'm Catholic, and those things scare us. I'm sorry, we're weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I guess it scares everybody, but especially <laughs> that. Oh, you okay? Yeah, I'm sorry, I just have a cough. So, I know my allergies are driving me crazy right now. Nobody has COVID, though, so we're good. Yeah, seasonal <laughs> Everyone's shit. just got sinus infections and allergies. It's great, because now everyone, everything sounds like COVID. It's just yeah. like, do you have fucking COVID? It's, oh my god. Um, anyways, so it kind of reminded me of, like, The Exorcist, where, like, like the main character, Jonggu, has, like, a scientific reasoning for the guy killing his wife and the other person. I couldn't remember, like, they weren't really clear if it was, like, a farmhand or, like, a family member that he killed. Because he didn't kill yeah. his child. He only killed another man and his wife. Um, and he basically he, 
was kind of like, well, he he ate a bunch of magic mushrooms. They found them all over his place, and that's yeah. why. And his friends like that 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 would not make you. Yeah, like, his friends stab like people. literally. I'm not trying to like say anything, but mushrooms don't make you do that. Right, like, like which I is was implying like, he's been on mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I personally have not, but I've had friends who have, and they're just like, yeah, it just kind of makes you mellow, and, like, colors look really vibrant. I guess it depends. It probably depends what kind of mushrooms you eat, because also, which these aren't technically mushrooms, they're, it's a fungi, or rust, rusts, I think, is what they think that the people of Salem had accidentally ingested because it got into their bread source. Ah. There's some evidence, and that actually makes people... It's similar to acid, where which acid is, is synthesized, but it's, it's a similar hallucinogen where, like, it will make you hallucinate things. So mushrooms don't really make you hallucinate, to my knowledge, but they do make you, like, feel very mellow and, like, things look different, but it's still reality. Um, but I'm not an expert because I've haven't done uh, magic mushrooms because they're not legal where I am and I'm a pussy. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, that is I've heard that with Salem that the um, the witching stuff was because a bunch of um, not pilgrims. What are they? The Puritans. I hate the Puritans. I don't hate them like in an evil way, but. I've never been a big fan of the Puritans. I used to, in theater history class, actually, <laughs> I sat next to our friend Peter, and I had, like, a vehement hatred for Puritans, and I kept drawing pictures of Puritans and how much they sucked. So, I don't know if it, I just remember not liking them. Anyways, the Puritans may have been tripping balls, and so it may have actually been that they actually saw something that looked like something bad, and that's why they were like, uh, Goody Proctor's a witch. But actually, Goody Proctor was just, like, chilling out and not high. Um, yeah. Not acid. But anyways. But it, mushrooms don't really make you hallucinate, to my knowledge. Again, I'm not an expert. If you are an expert, please let us know. Because yes. I'm curious, too. But I don't, I've never heard of anyone actually, like, doing anything violent after ingesting mushrooms. Mostly, it's people ingest the wrong kind of mushrooms, and then they accidentally poison themselves. Because... That's what my biology teacher in college warned us. He's like, y'all, let me just tell you, if there's anything red on the <laughs> underside of those, do not eat those. I'm just telling you right now, they will not make you have a good time. You will die. We're like, oh, good to know. He was like, I'm, I'm not saying you need to do anything illegal, but uh, these are okay to eat. These are not. Do not eat these kids. I was like, wow, he really knows his his uh, college age students. Good job, yep. man. <laughs> Anyways, exactly. um, do we want to talk about anything before we get too spoilery? Um, nothing particularly. Because, yeah, this one's going to be hard to talk about without spoilers because it's very in-depth. Um, so please go watch it. Again, it's on Shudder or Amazon Prime. Um, mm-hmm. Eater app. Um, it has a very impressive 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. It also was at the Cannes Film Festival. Yes. Or Cannes. I'm sorry. Cannes Film Festival. And um, I did watch the interview with the director and cast for Khan. Um, unfortunately, so the questions were being asked in English. It's in France. And then everyone there spoke, everyone on the, uh, from the cast either spoke Korean or Japanese and obviously didn't feel comfortable answering questions in English, which I totally get because I would not answer an interview question that was going to be on the internet 
in a foreign language if I didn't 100% trust what I was saying either. So they were, like, translating, and then there was somebody in English translating the answers. But, like, sometimes, I guess she didn't – either, like, her microphone wasn't working or she didn't translate, like, this whole answer that the director said. So there was one answer where I was like, I really want to know the answer to this. But, unfortunately, YouTube, because that's where it was – it was on the can um, or con. I almost want to say that wrong. It was on the con, like, uh, YouTube channel, and they didn't have their own captions, so it was, like, auto-generated, So and it was for English. So, like, every time someone spoke in Korean, they tried to replace the Korean words with English words that kind of sounded the same, so it was just gobbledygook. So, um, it was... I got some cool answers, but you can you can watch them. Uh, it is kind of cool that they gave at least one interview, because I couldn't find a lot. Because, again, this movie's in Korean, and I couldn't find a full script that was in English, either. Yeah. Because there were some stuff I had questions about that I just wanted to reread. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, obviously, it was spoken in Korean and it was written in Korean. Why would they also have an English one? Unless there's, like, a transcript for, like, closed captioning, which, like, I didn't feel like watching the whole movie just to watch, like, you know, just for the closed captioning. Um, But, yeah, I think it's really good. I did have some problems. I think, I can't remember if it was the Shutter or the Amazon Prime version, but, like, the captions weren't coming on originally. Yeah, I think it was Amazon Prime because I think I had that issue, too. So I went and rewatched it with Shudder. Yeah. So, but they're the same amount of time. And so I don't think you would, I don't think you're going to lose anything if you watch either one. And if you speak Korean, you don't even have to worry about it. But I don't, unfortunately. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just really like Korean cinema. And also, yeah. by the way, if you have um, Criterion, their streaming service, they're doing like, a, like they have a bunch of Korean cinema right now like they have some park chan wook and um uh oh my god bong joon ho i was like who the fuck did parasite bong joon ho oh my god i love you bong joon ho i'm sorry yeah um so they have some cool stuff um which really makes me want to do like next week's movie like i was like oh we could do old boy or actually itchy the killer is actually on uh either amazon prime or shutter or maybe stars it's on one of my apps but i was like I don't know. We may have, like, maybe doing too much Asian cinema. We might need a break from that because people might be like, I just I just can't read more subtitles. Like, which I get. It's fine, man. It's fine. So I'm going to try to choose something in English for the next movie. Um, but you should definitely... I, I will say this wasn't my favorite film we've watched because it was very long. I okay. think it's a really good movie. I think if you have three hours... And you like reading subtitles, because um, you do have to read the subtitles on this one. This is not one of the ones where you can just be like, look, it's a cool-looking movie. Like, you need to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, like, Old Boy, I feel like, I mean, you should read the subtitles, but I think there's so many good scenes in Old Boy where there's no talking. It's there's visual. Just, like, people fighting. It's so visual that you're like, anybody could. I think, again, Old Boy, the original Korean Old Boy, I think is, like, the door opener to Korean cinema, because... It is, it is very similar to this movie where it's genre bending, where it's people call it a horror movie, but it's actually like an action revenge film. But it's like the violence is horror level, but it's also like an emotional drama too. Yeah, and it's, and, and it's funny, and there's like comedy in it. It's very silly comedy, which is something Korean movies do so well. Like Parasite was like that. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, 
I guess J- Japanese cinema doesn't really do it. I think as much. I think they they they. I think audition was a kind of outlier where it was like very much started as a romantic comedy and turns into a violent horror movie. Um, but it seems like, and I'm not the best well versed in Japanese cinema as I feel like I've seen more Korean films at this point. Cause it's just been, they've been on the rise lately. Yeah. I agree um, with that. So I've watched more of them, but I mean, Oh, the host, the host is the same thing. Bong Joon Ho is the host. And I think train to Busan was very similar too. train to Busan is great. And it's also like, there's very funny moments. It's a zombie movie, but like it fucking made me ball my eyes out. Yeah. So like, it is like, I don't know what it is about Korean cinema, but they are just able to meld together all these different genres. And it's, I, it, it makes her a very enjoyable experience. However, I think there's about 30 minutes they should have cut from this movie. Yeah. And I have ideas where to cut and I won't go into spoilers, but this movie is very long and I did find myself tuning out. And then I yeah. kind of tuned back in at the end. But there was a lot of, like, there was some parts where, like, I when I went back and watched other people's reviews, I was like, when the fuck did that happen? And it was because, like, I was tuning out. I feel like long. I feel like this movie is one of these... Okay, so... I feel, like, a little let down, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of those movies, like, criti- critically and commercially acclaimed. And, like I said, 99% of Rotten Tomatoes, that's, that's pretty fucking that's pretty legit. Amazing. Yeah. I think um, maybe Parasite had that, but I don't I, think there's a lot that have that. I think, so with this movie, I feel like when it's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, meandering? Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. When it's meandering, it's meandering. But Yeah, like it's, it's kind of wandering from one thing yeah. to another. Like, but when it, it's, yeah. When it's good, yeah. though, it's good. And the, the ending is probably, has one of the most chilling scenes I've ever seen. In a horror movie, in my opinion. It's pretty... Like, the ending is really interesting. I like the ending a lot. Yeah, I love the um, ending. And I like... There's an early scene with um, the character Il Guang, um, which I think is really interesting, and it's a really cool visual scene. But, like, they had two of them. Um... Which, I guess, mm, is it spoiling to say that he's a shaman? Well, I guess we're kind of in spoilers now. The, yeah. The, like, oh, I think they could have... Yeah, I was spoilers about to say, let's, plenty. Let's officially go into spoiler. Yes. Watch The Wailing. It's on Shudder. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, great movie. Overall, would definitely recommend it. And three, two, one, let's go. Three, two, go. one, spoilers. I think they could have cut, like, the first exorcism scene completely. Yeah. And they could have cut a whole lot of stuff with Il Guang. Yeah, I feel like... I understand letting a movie breathe. I think Portrait of a Lady on Fire was a movie that let the scenery breathe and, like, you really got to, like, like, uh, like bask in the warm glow of cinema and look at this beautiful scenery and, like, you can have, like, kind of lethargic scenes, right? However, this is a movie about, like, good versus evil, exorcisms, possession... Uh, murder uh is it real or is it science like religion versus science there's so much interesting stuff and when you make it like breathe like that when you let it languish i feel like you take away some of the um some of the uh, urgency 
You take away yeah. the urgency of the film. And that's what I felt like. I was kind of like, I'm, I am interested in what's happening to this family. And I think all the performances are great. But we're taking so much fucking time with everything that it's, it's too long. And I'm losing interest. And I don't want to lose interest. But it felt a little bit like a chore to finish this movie. I enjoyed the first part. I thought it was really good. But like somewhere in the middle, it just gets really long. And they just keep introducing characters. And I don't think we needed to see... I think after the first lady hung herself, like the second lady who killed her family hung herself, I think they didn't need to cover any more people killing themselves and their families. I think we could have... We understand it's going through the village. Just mention it. Like, it was just like taking too much time. And I think... Maybe this director, and I don't, I've never watched any of his other movies before, so I don't know a lot about him. I do think that June Kunimura has worked with him before. I think he said in the Khan interview that his first foray into Korean cinema um, was with this director, so he felt very comfortable with him. Because um, they were asking him about, like, oh, being a Japanese person, is it weird working with Korean people? He's like, uh, not really. I like Korean cinema. Much for the same reasons Britt and I were like, Korean cinema is great. Um, I, yeah, I was a little disappointed, like you. Like, I, I don't think it's a bad movie, but I feel like the director pulled maybe a George Lucas where somebody, he didn't listen to somebody, like, saying, hey, let's edit a couple of these scenes out so it's just yeah. a little more tight. Like, Parasite is so tight where yeah. everything moves. And... Even though I think Parasite is a, at least two hours long, if not longer. Yeah, I, I think Parasite is over two hours long, I want to say. Let me see. Does it say? Parasite is two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah, I knew it was over two hours for sure. But it does not feel that long. Yeah, Um. so, but what I like, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, Katie, I actually thought this was one of the only foreign films I've seen that I was like, because of the un- and so what's weird to me is I read a few reviews about this movie and some points I agreed on some points I didn't but a lot of points mm-hmm. seem to say that this was very uniquely uh, South Korean cinema and that how genre blending it was how the story was mm-hmm. they're like this is something that can only be done in Korean cinema I disagree I actually think this could be made into an incredible American film because yeah. there was a lot of underlying so. They call the gen- the the they called this stranger the Japanese stranger as Katie was talking before they called him by a derogatory um, name but it's because the Japanese occupied South Korea so there is lingering yes. racism towards Japanese people yes. and especially in rural parts of Korea which to me growing up in the mm-hmm. South yeah we do see racism <laughs> in the there's, South there's being Southern yeah. and that's yeah. cool and there's being a fucking redneck racist yes. and that's not cool guys. There was it's a, not cool. But to me, there was a lot of things that I'm like, this easily could be transla- transplanted into an American rural southern town. Yes. And the story would probably, probably translate. Yeah, probably all countries have that. Yeah. Rural, like, and we're not saying that rural people are backwards. Because no, 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 no. That's no, no, not no. what we're saying. But when you are isolated from society, you do lose sight of uh, things that have, like, changes. So, like... Whereas people probably in general, Korea versus Japan, I know people that I have followed because I love to watch like people who live in foreign countries because I think it's really cool. I'm like, oh, I want to go there. Like, like I know a lot of people travel from Japan to Korea and right now, like it's cool. Like everyone's cool. 
But I think it takes a lot more time for that to catch up when you're in an isolated village. And this is a very isolated village. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of, like, metropolis kind of area. And I don't think people want to change because it, it's just their town. And it could be anybody. It, and that's what the actor who played the stranger said is, like, I don't think it's so much that he is Japanese as he is different. And Outside. he is an outsider. And if you've seen the TV show, The Outsider, I'm just kidding. But, you know, it's a great TV show. Um, I, I think it's more of just, like, fear of the unknown. And I think that's a really interesting take this movie does do is that Jong-Gu specifically says that his friend is an ignorant moron because he is automatically attributing all of these terrible things to this Japanese stranger because he's a foreigner and wow, you're so ignorant. And he's like, no, no, there's a scientific thing. But actually, because we're in spoilers, he is part of the problem, whether he's purposefully the problem or not, um, which I fell down a rabbit hole of because I couldn't watch all of this movie, but I was very interested in the shaman and in religion in Korea. And I was like, I went to understand like the culture of Korean religion because I know people... Like, if you've watched Gilmore Girls, we all know that Christianity did become pretty big in Korea. It's not as big as, like, in America, but I think it's, like, 30% of Koreans are Christian. And then maybe 20 or 30% more, maybe more, maybe 40%, maybe not that much, maybe 25%. I think it's split Korea, uh, Christian and Buddhist. And then most people are not religious at all, but because... Uh, shaman, I think it's Musism or M-U-I-S-M I don't know how you pronounce it is like a it's a indigenous religion to Korea but when uh, both the, uh, Christian missionaries and the government of South Korea kind of got people to stop practicing that for in like the mid 20th century because they didn't want people to worship gods or anything, or I guess they don't want people to be like polytheistic. But from what I can understand, I fell down a rabbit hole of watching. Um, I think it's Asian Boss is a YouTube channel that they do like really cool like South Korea versus North Korea. Like they do interviews from defectors from North Korea and like South. It's a there's there's one episode and I I don't know if it's the same channel, but they're related. I think where it's like South Korean people and North Korean people talking about the differences and similarities between them. And they're eating barbecue, and they have barbecue sauce from Alabama, which is where we live. And it almost made me cry because, like, it's just, like, people coming together because, like, the whole situation in North Korea, South Korea is awful. But they're coming together with food, and it was beautiful. Anyways, yeah. I fell down a rabbit hole of watching an interview and watching a ceremony with a female shaman who, in Korea, and she was like, apparently... So, apparently shaman, kind of, because it's indigenous to Korea, it's kind of like voodoo in New Orleans, is what I would say it's the closest to in America. Because voodoo, there are people that practice it as their sole religion, but that's a very small factor. Most people, like, sprinkle in some voodoo with their Catholicism. Like, most people in Louisiana are Catholic, and voodoo is Creole religions, African religions and Catholicism all, like, smashed into one. 
Um, so a lot of people like will have like sprinkle their voodoo in with Catholicism. Like they, it's kind of like people like being interested in meditation. Like I'm not Buddhist, but like my uncle was very interested in Buddhism, even though I don't think he was like fully a Buddhist, but he was like very interested in like meditation, which I think is something that we can all take from like a religion. So that's more like shaman. Like everyone's just like it's a fact. Like, they, they use it, but it's more of, like, a supplement to whatever main religion they have. But it, they think, they, they believe, or at least from what this shaman was saying, that the reason people are shaman is because too many gods are trying to inhabit their body. And so it's totally normal in this, I guess, in this area where shaman are prevalent that, like, like ghosts are real. And some, and they try to inhabit people's bodies. And if I, I guess shaman are kind of like ghost magnets. It sounds like, like kind of like mediums, but they seem less fake, or at least this lady seemed less fake. She seemed she didn't seem outrageous. Like she wasn't like trying to be. She did say like, yeah, I get got really sick, and a shaman told me like if I didn't accept my calling to be a shaman, like I was gonna die in a year. And then I got better when I accepted it. That was a little far fetched, but she seemed pretty normal. Yeah, so maybe that's, but I, but she seemed legit. So anyways, so like, it's totally normal in Korea to be like, oh, a ghost is possessing somebody. And I kind of like that about this movie is they just make it normal. They blend these different religions, um, which I don't think they really blended Buddhism to, well, they actually, Il Guang does have a Buddha statue in his house that I saw, but I mean, that's not as much, but that is a pretty big religion in Korea next to like Christianity and Buddhism and then but I guess everyone practices musism or shamanism or I'm not exactly sure but I thought I don't know I fell down a rabbit hole of watching videos of like shaman and interviews and I I hadn't heard that like they just it's like ghosts just randomly possess people and like that's a thing with this movie is that the stranger may be a good person or was once a good person but something else is using his body for bad and i think that's that is probably the most interesting thing but i feel like instead of like being really scary and like letting the people that are possessed like have like okay it's a trope in american exorcist you know movies like if a child is possessed, they have an adult's voice. Or if an adult is possessed, they have a child's voice. And it is unsettling and creepy. But they just let the actual human beings have their own voice. And I find that that's so much more real and scary. And um, But but they're saying things that they wouldn't normally say. Like, uh, um, Jong-Doo's daughter becomes what they believe possessed and she's just saying like cocksucker motherfucker and saying all these terrible things but they don't try to cheapen it by making her voice sound weird she's just like a little girl screaming terrible things and i think that's more realistic and that's why it it starts out really ambiguous like is she just sick or is it something supernatural and then it ends up not being that ambiguous at all yeah towards the end which i like that they stuck to their guns um, but I found, like, the whole marriage of so many different religions kind of melding together to be, like, normal. And I think Britt and I talked about this earlier. Like, like we're both, like, not, like, like you know, 
I'm not trying to get into religion, but like we're not opposed to like welcoming parts of other religions into our religion just because it's not our full religion. Like, like being Christian and like doing yoga or practicing meditation. I don't think there's anything wrong that Jesus would be upset with you doing. Um, so like I get that, but I know there are people that are like, no, I cannot do yoga because it is a sin. Jesus did not do yoga, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think he cares. But okay. Although he did meditate in the desert, like, what else was he doing for 40 days? I'm just saying, like, yeah. pretty sure Jesus was fine with meditation. Um, and he, <laughs> but I found it interesting how they melded religion together. But it's not like, it's not like they're throwing religion in your face. Like, it's not like they're like, good versus evil, and this is this. They're, it, they very much distinguish what is good and what is evil. Yeah. But you don't really know that until the end, and I think that's so true because I don't know if I was in this kind of situation and Jonggu is very much a every man because he is kind of an oaf and kind of an idiot and he doesn't yeah. know he doesn't know what to trust he has no idea what to do but he's trying to protect his family and his lack of faith leads to some disastrous consequences yeah and he's really endearing so like one of the things okay it's it's like it's it's upsetting because he's very endearing so like his daughter becomes his main concern, and he always is, like, calling her my baby. He's like, I have to do this for my baby. I have to do this for mm-hmm. my baby. Um, but then he does stupid shit throughout the whole movie that you're just, like... Like, I feel like I can feel my eyes rolling in the back of my head, like, more than mm-hmm. once, like, watching him throughout this movie. He just makes yeah. poor decisions. Um, but, yeah, I just figured I would touch on some key, key, key yeah. points, um, especially in a movie this long. Um, oh, yeah, but before yeah. you do that, why did he never arrest... The Japanese yes. stranger. Right? He's a police officer. Yes. Exactly. One of the there stupid was things. One of the first stupid things he does in this movie. So, yeah. So, basically, the um, gentleman, the hunter they're talking about that sees the, Jap- the Japanese stranger eating a deer, they have him, him and his, like, buddy, the other officer, they have this stranger take him to where the Japanese man lives, and he gets struck by lightning. And they're like, so that's like yes. the first thing that's like kind of like something's weird happening in this movie. Also, the rain is also like kind of supernatural because every time there's a murder, mm-hmm. there's like a bunch of rain. Yeah. And that happens in the forest too. Like there's just a downpour all of a sudden. It's very weird. Yeah. Very, very suspect. And they take their they take their friend to like the hospital because he's been fucking struck by lightning, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the guy that was there at the beginning in the movie that killed his whole family, he dies in the hospital. Like, a very violent death. Yeah, and it's like nobody can figure out why he's dying, but, like, his bones start cracking, and then he just starts, like, gurgling blood, and he's just dead. And there's, like, no real answer for it. Yeah. And there's something creepy about not knowing how somebody died. Like, I need answers. Like, when somebody dies, especially young or suddenly, I'm like, I need to know why and how because yeah. like i don't know like i had a friend this is, i'm not going to talk about it too much but i had a friend who is very young or who was very young and who just randomly dropped dead and like i've never heard what the autopsy results are and it's really scary because i'm like like to me being a little murderino who listens to true crime all the time I'm like oh my god was my friend fucking murdered and but like we've never gotten the results back and it's but i'm not close with her family so i feel i don't feel like i can be like hey what happened but like it's been really like like that's scary to me is not knowing why somebody died like just drops dead or dies just mysteriously he didn't drop dead but um so you know that if somebody gets this 
wailing this disease whatever i think the wailing is more referring to like the fact that like people are just sad yeah it's um, like that's just crying like you hear wailing in the village when you first yes. it's like the uh, like you know because they're yeah. just his fucking hysterical because yeah. people are like violently murdered so i yeah, think that's you like know the wailing. That, yeah you know that if this happens to your family whoever commits the crime is going to die too it's not just like they commit the crime and go rot in jail they will perish as well yeah one way or another which i think is important to the end of the story yeah um interesting enough apparently in french it's called the stranger it's not oh. called the wailing yeah and it's called guk song in korean which is the name of the town right yes and it also means the sound it is like the, the other meaning is the sound you make when you cry so like oh. it means both it means both like the sound people make or wailing sound and it's a it's the town that it's based in. I guess it's a real town, I think, because whoever was asking the question in co- at the con interview seemed to know what they were talking about. I I couldn't remember if they were from the Korean or Japanese press though, because I, I couldn't see them, and I the again the translator was only getting like every other, <laughs> every other question. I was just like, I don't know where they're from, but they seem to know what they're talking about. They're definitely nearer to Korea than I am. So yeah, I'm gonna trust them more than me because I've never been to Korea. So, exactly. Actually, I have. I know somebody who is currently living in Korea. I could have like asked them, like, "Where's Gok Song?" I didn't. I forgot. Oops. Okay. Anyways, no. sorry, Brett. You go ahead. No, no, you're good. You're good. So yeah. Um. So um. All of that. Um. But so basically, they go back to Japanese. They actually, um, the one officer, um, Jonggu's uh, friend, his other officer, has like a. I feel like it's a nephew. I'm not sure if it's a nephew or a cousin, but I want to say it's a nephew who actually yes. speaks Japanese. He's a deacon who speaks Japanese. So they take yeah. him to the property. They're investigating the property. Um, I don't know how laws are in Korea. They don't have a search warrant or anything. It's just more, we're going to investigate yeah, this guy's property. Um, poke around this guy's house. Yeah, and poke around his house. There's a guard dog out there. Um, they, um, they end up finding a room. Where there's a shrine of all the dead people's pictures. Uh, there's articles of like clothing or something. Interesting enough, I don't know if you caught this, Katie. It's all the bottom half of clothing. So like shoes, yes. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's the bottom half. Also, he has pictures of people before they died and after they died. Yeah. Which is creepy. It's very creepy. So the Japanese stranger comes home, um, pacifies the dog a little bit. They basically yell at him. Um, and they just leave. Like, it's really, like, it, it, this scene lasts for a couple minutes, but that's the gist of it. And on the way home in the car, his buddy, like, has a shoe in his hand, and he's like, isn't this your daughter's shoe? And he's like, I have a bad feeling, blah, 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 blah. So, naturally, uh, Jonggu goes home, and he's like, did you lose one of your trainers? Did you lose one of your shoes? And his daughter just, like, is like a switch flipped in her. Mm -hmm. So, she has, like, a bad attitude, and she's, she yells at him. And so that night, he goes into her bedroom. He lifts up her little nightgown because uh, he's looking for the marks, so the whelps um, yeah. and the to boils. Be, to be honest, like, he starts out looking, like, low, like, on her yeah. arms and stuff. And then he's like, look. I mean, and also, it's his kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, and she's not, she hasn't, she obviously hasn't hit puberty yet. So I don't think there's anything, there's nothing untoward about it at all. Because, like, yeah, if your kid's sick, like, it's your job to make sure because kids also hide when they're ill sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, not every kid is honest with their parent, and it is your job as a parent to make sure your kid doesn't have some terrible disease that you can't see because they're wearing long clothes. 
Um, but like the daughter wakes up and she basically accuses him of, of be like molesting her. Not really, but she kind of like hints at it. Yeah. And she, then she like it cuts to her screaming and she just starts calling him like a motherfucker and it's just like it's real just jarring. And yeah, her mom's and- like, Stop saying that. Yeah, and mom and mother-in-law, um, Jonggu's mm-hmm. mother-in-law, are just kind of, like, freaking out. And I can't remember if it's during this scene that his mother-in-law feel, first brings up about, like, talking to a shaman, or if it's after he goes to the, back to the stranger's house. Yeah, I can't remember. I think she mentions it probably after this. She, she mentioned something's wrong the day before, because, like, so there's another incident in town where a woman kills her family and sets the house on fire. And that's kind of a funny scene because she keeps trying to bite Jonggu. And, yeah. And uh, he's just, he keeps falling over and he kind of like is like ashamed. <laughs> um, and it's pretty fun. But it's funny. Like it's played for laughs, definitely. Um, but the when he comes back, his daughter's like really sick. And it's, yeah, okay. So I know, I know exactly when it is because... Um, he also encounters the mysterious woman in white mm. when he's uh, uh, guarding the crime scene with his partner. His partner goes to talk to the dermatologist about all the boils appearing on everyone's skin that's been killing their families. And there's this woman in white, and she keeps throwing stones at them, which is kind of funny. And, like, they do a cool passage of time thing where, like, you just see, like, five stones and then, like, cuts to another scene, and there's, like, 30 stones, and she's been yeah. throwing them at him all afternoon. But it's it's all obviously a biblical reference to he who is without sin, may he throw, he or she, whatever, throw the first stone. It's like, oh, 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 okay. So is she good? Is she bad? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I do know, but you don't know at this point. So she's just, like, she knows all this shit about um, the murder. She's like, yeah, the mother-in-law got the worst of it and she's wearing somebody's jacket so she she's collecting people's top of their body things yeah too so she's also collecting people's shit but she's not taking creepy pictures of them dead so no but she's like she keeps like watching like the japanese stranger and um i wish they had named him because it just feels weird but i guess that's the mystery is like he's just the stranger but she keeps like watching him and watching John Goo and his family and you see her and you're like not really sure if you can trust her or not but she seems to I don't know to me I got a good vibe from her from the first thing because she's just like come on it's fine it's fine don't be afraid and she's also dressed all in white yeah and she's dressed very like plainly so very Jesus like you know Jesus was a carpenter he didn't dress all fancy it's the end of temple of not temple of doom um last crusade you know you, you choose the wooden cup because a carpenter was poor yeah if you're ever looking for the uh holy grail it's not going to be the fancy one kids <laughs> Jesus exactly. not rich um but like so i got a good vibe from her um but you don't know because that's the cool thing about this movie is it keeps you guessing so the when he comes back he has uh he comes back home after guarding it and his daughter's sick, and he's like, oh my god, what's wrong? And then he gets back home, and she's, like, eating fish, and, like, there's just carcasses all over. 
And he's like, something is not right. She never eats fish. And the mother-in-law's like, yeah, uh, I think she's, like, fucking possessed. Like a shaman over here right now. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh. But he's kind of like, uh, maybe she's, I don't know. Something's going on, but maybe it's just, you know, maybe. She's like, she seems like she's, like, 12. So maybe she's hitting puberty and she's just being weird. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I don't know. But, yeah, and he, but after this, after the incident with his daughter, like, cussing and everything, he decides to go back to the stranger's house. Yeah, um, they do, they do take her to the hospital first. Oh, yeah, they do. Because she's sick. They take her to the hospital, and then the grandmother's like, yeah, I know this really good shaman. And then I think they go back to the stranger's house. Yeah, and this scene really, really bothered me. So, um, so he mm-hmm. threatens the shaman because obviously he's like, why the hell did you have my daughter's shoe? He's having the deacon translate where he can. Um, and he's like, I want you to translate verbatim, basically. Mm-hmm. Dog gets loose and it is shown off screen, but he attacks the dog in self-defense. What bothers me yeah. about this scene is a, it's a trigger warning. And one of the worst cruelty scenes I think I've seen, which there was no animals harm in the making of the film. I always go back to read these type of things when I see these things. Um... The dog there lays there dying for hours while crows peck at it. You know the dog is living because it it cries as it's being eaten. Yeah. It's um, another wailing. Yeah, and that really, really bothers me. So I'm not like one of those people like, okay, something attacks you, you kill it in self-defense. That doesn't bother me, but you kill it. You put it out of its misery. You don't let it right, suffer. Right, you don't just let it die. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that was a reference, though, to Greek mythology? Because... Is it Prometheus that had his eyes eaten out by crows? Like that was his forever punishment. I could have, I could be wrong about who got punished. Yeah, but somebody got punished by being eaten by crows every day in Greek mythology. Maybe they were trying to use that as a metaphor because there is some like Greek yeah. mythology stuff where like, uh, when you get it was to the Prometheus. supernatural bent. Oh, okay, huh, yeah, right. it's his yeah. Li- it was his liver that got picked out every day. That's yes. Mm-hmm. You're, I was like, eyes don't sound right. That's Cinderella. No, I think you're also mixing it with the lighthouse. That too. But also mm-hmm. Cinderella, because mm-hmm. Cinderella, the, the real story of Cinderella, Step-sisters. the stepsisters have their eyes poked out by crows. Mm-hmm. Or ravens, or, or doves? I don't know. Birds. Birds do it. Um, but there's a lot of crows in this. But th- there is some, like, Greek mythology hints, because, like, in Greek mythology, like, the gods were always, like, coming on Earth and messing with humans, because they were, like, bored. And that kind of seems like that's what's going on in this movie, too. Like, it's not like, it's not like Western theology where we're very much like, God is is spiritually here, but not physically here. He doesn't come and roam around here. It's more of like, yeah, the gods get bored like humans and they just come and hang out sometimes. Or they just make mayhem. Yeah. Which I, I think, you know, I think it's different. Eastern and Western philosophies are different. Um, but it's kind of an interesting, cause you know, when we think of like the devil or an evil person, cause they keep calling the stranger the devil, like he is the devil. You're like, you think of like the ultimate evil and this is, somebody asked this question at the <laughs> con film festival, but like, it's not that in this movie, like he's a devil, not the ultimate evil. Yeah. It's like evil, but not like not the only evil. Yeah. That's interesting. And both really scary, but maybe not as scary. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. 
we need to bring up the the reason that triggers uh John Gu into basically killing the dog in self defense and threatening the stranger is that all the evidence is burned of the photographs. Yes. Yeah. He says he says he burns all the photographs. He yeah. Said, I burned them all. Bye. And then like, the interesting thing is like they do this really cool editing. Like, well, it's just a it's a cool thing. The the priest, the deacon guy, is like keeping up very well with translating and then all of a sudden John Gu just gets really emotional and he just can only say every other word because he's talking too fast and he's just like uh uh and which you know is interesting because then like the stranger's only hearing everything you say so of course when the dog attacks him he doesn't know that not to call him off because he called him off before yeah so, anyways, yeah, it's really sad. I was like, oh, did we have to kill the dog? Yeah, I'm thinking about, like, I'm, like, I'm really tired of, like, it seems like so many horror movies, too, we have watched, like, there's always a dog scene where a dog gets killed. Or a cat. And, yeah, or a cat, yeah, very true. So, looking at you, reanimator. Um, But, yeah, so it's kind of, like, uh, and I may have to start, like, finding the marks in the movies. Like, if you don't want to see the dog get killed, skip this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. At least you don't have to see it, see it, though. And it, I will say... It's not like he, it was in self-defense. The dog yeah. was attacking him. I, But I kind of thought he would maybe just hurt the dog. I thought he went a little overboard well, killing the dog. No, if he, but, he but that's the thing. He didn't kill the dog. He left it there to die. And I think that's what bothers yeah. me is that you could hear the dog crying. So hours later, even as the crows are pecking at it, the dog is crying, laying there dying with multiple stab wounds. So, that's what bothers me, is, like, the dog's left to suffer. Which, granted, yes, I know it's in self-defense, but just finish your job. Don't be that right. asshole. Anyway. So, but, this actually leads into the scene, um, I think, which which is actually, a lot of critics, it seems like this is their favorite part of the movie, is the uh, exorcism scene, the juxtaposition exorcism scene. Yes. Yeah. Well, for, first we meet Il Guang, mm-hmm. who I think we've mentioned is a shaman, and he's apparently, like, the best shaman around. I immediately don't like this man. Yeah. Because he is too made up for a religious person. Yes. Maybe it's my weird... I don't know. I Again, grew up Catholic. Sorry, I'm weird. But it, <laughs> even though the church has had some problems with um, putting wealth over people in the past, generally speaking, the priests I have known and the religious people I've known, nuns, brothers, whatever, take a vow of poverty... And therefore, like, I've never seen any priest I've worked with, and I was an altar server for, like, ten years, you know. So I, I know them pretty well. Um, and I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Um, had a lot of nuns teach me. They, you don't see them in nice clothes. They don't have nice haircuts. They were, like, thrift store clothes because, like, they're there to serve God. And I, I think that is a very cool thing to do. And, like, they give up worldly <laughs> possessions to serve God's people. That's cool. Like, even if you don't believe in God, I think it's cool to give up worldly possessions to serve other people for the good of humanity. Even though there are problems. But the individuals I'm talking about are very nice people. I distrust religious people who dress super nicely and who I can tell have money. Because, I'm sorry, Jesus didn't have money and it bothers me. And there is a big thing with, like, televangelists, like, was it Joel Austin, like having like a jet and having this giant church? And then he, like, when there was like a flood in Texas, he wouldn't let anyone like take shelter in his pretty church because they'd ruin the carpet. Like, I don't like people like that. Like, they really, I'm sorry if you like Joel Austin. I think we all know he's turned out to be quite a douchebag. Um, but I just, I don't know. There's something about ostentatious religious people that just 
really bother me. Like, I really, like, I distrust them, you know. And, I, I mean, I, I think you don't necessarily have to be, I think in America we see it more with Christian people. But obviously, they, I don't know, they just seem like flim-flammers. Yeah, and that's the thing also because he, I mean, obviously with him being a shaman, there's a lot of um, Buddhism going on there. And so Buddhists are the mm-hmm. same way that they're not supposed to be flashy. He has, literally yes. we see him change into like a name brand jumpsuit. Um, I'm not sure yes. if it's Adidas, but it's like something like an Adidas tracksuit, and you're just well, like, like he's wearing like a turtleneck and a jacket, and I was yeah. like, oh god, what the fuck? Which yeah, that's what like I was. I think somebody else pointed out in a review like he has. It's like it's obviously contrasting because he has like a Buddha statue, but he's dressed to the nines, and Buddha like gave up all his worldly possessions. Yeah. So like, and it, that's why I'm saying like it's not just Christian. I just like in my world, I see more Christian people act this way but christianity and buddhism have that in similar that worldly positions possessions aren't that important you know people are important and yeah. i think you know that's one thing that christianity and buddhism have in common or at least they should but i feel like i see a lot of ostentatious people like toting like i'm super religious and god loves me that's why i have a jet and you're like or wasn't it the first shall be last and the last shall be first so if you have a jet um, I'm not saying nice things are evil. I'm not all I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, I don't think God's need. I don't think you need a jet to be a good person. Anyways, but this guy rubs me the wrong way because I'm automatically like, I don't trust you. You have too much money to be a religious person, and that's just that's just my reality, y'all. I don't know. Yes. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, but it leads into like a very. So this was actually the scene. That I got confused on and actually needed clarity on. Okay. Was this? Did you have? Did you have the same issue with the the scene, the Ooh. juxtaposition? Once I saw the ending, I understood. Also, there's a deleted ending that I watched that made a whole lot more sense. Um, but once I saw the deleted scene and the ending, I understood it. But the first time, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Because you see the Japanese man performing a ritual and you also see the shaman performing a ritual and it's supposed to be an exorcism and the little girl is like writhing in pain it's a very intense scene i actually really like this scene there's one short exorcism scene beforehand that i think they should have cut and just had this scene um or the one where he was like hitting her in the face with the ribbon which kind of bothered me honestly i was like why do you need to be hit in the face but you know it's not my religion and i shouldn't judge um, I was, I was, I don't know. I wouldn't like to be hit in the face uh, for an exorcism, but I find it interesting that once you know the end of the movie, like she's in so much pain. But I, from what I understand, when you see the end of the movie, at the beginning of the movie, you're like, oh, she's getting exercised, so like, of course, it's painful because something's tr- trying to stay in that they're trying to push out of her. But. When you find out that maybe the shaman isn't the good person he said he is. Yeah. Um, he's actually trying to remove protection spells. So they find this jar of soy sauce. It's like a ceramic jar and there's like a dead crow in it. And he says it's a curse, but it's actually like a protection. And throughout the movie, the, at the crime scenes, you've seen these like wilted flowers. Like almost like... like like dried flower hangings and they're all wilted and um that comes to play too because that's another like trap for evil spirits 
I'm kind of like a dream catcher, but uh, not uh, like more natural looking. Um, but yeah, this is a very intense scene, and um, they almost finish the ceremony, but John Gu stops it because his daughter says, "Make it stop, make it stop." Which I think earlier somebody said, "Oh, the reason the woman whose house burned down, her house burned down, is because they didn't go through with the ceremony yeah. with the shaman." Well, so no. Yeah. What I was confused about was like, okay, so and this this is where this movie has so many layers that I I don't know really what's the right or wrong answer, but I was confused at first at first because at the end when you find out, spoiler alert for the ending, um, when the stranger and the shaman <laughs> are in cahoots together. Um, yes. That they're both basically working together. I was like, okay, so the scene that conf- why this scene confused me is that it seemed like the mm-hmm. shaman was working against the stranger. Like the stranger seems yes. to be in pain. So that's why I was like, okay, if they're working in cahoots, why does the stranger seem to be in pain? And what I found out, because um, this was the only scene I needed clarity on, and finally there was a YouTuber mm-hmm. that gave clarity to the scene, was that the Japanese stranger isn't completely possessed at this point. Right, he's trying to get rid of the evil spirit. Yes, and I didn't realize and it's trying that. To possess him. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I had to watch it. I got it probably after I watched the review. It's like, oh, because like, okay, because this is the part I tuned out in is because then he talks to another priest at some point and he talks about how the Japanese stranger is like actually a professor and he's a really good guy and so then the guy starts feeling guilty about attacking him, <laughs> but then they still go attack him and um, it's so. So, yeah. So, basically, the Japanese stranger... And that's the thing, like, I found it interesting with, like, Korean shamanism and, like, the fact that... Which I don't think... Again, I think it's musism, but I I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, But I think it's interesting that the indigenous religion is like, oh, if too many gods try to possess you, you'll get sick. You'll go crazy. Like, that's what causes illness and mental health issues is too many gods trying to possess your body. Um, So, this guy's, like they're trying to possess his body but he's trying to exercise like a bad one got it and he's trying to get rid of it because like you see him in the beginning and he seems totally normal and there's almost some jesus imagery because he's like a fisherman and jesus was a fisherman of men and he is fishing for men and humans so like there's a little bit of that but then also like oh but he also might be evil but he's also like he seems totally normal when they talk to him at his house like he doesn't give evil vibes off but then you see him in the woods (laughs) his eyes are red and he's eating things but then also like the way they edit it is like you can't tell if that's just dreams too which i found interesting and apparently this movie was a big product of editing like it was a lot clearer in the original script what was going on but they edited a lot of the explanation scenes out to make it a little more ambiguous which i like but then also i'm like I don't know. I feel like they could have been a little clearer, but they also were clear what was evil and what was good. Yeah. Um, but like Jonggu, we don't know until the end who to trust because it is very scary. Um, because basically, like more people keep dying, and I think his doesn't his partner yes end up mm-hmm. getting killed. His partner ends up, so his partner mentions after leaving the stranger's house and he hands him his daughter's shoe, he's like, I don't feel good. And then later he says, I mm-hmm. haven't slept yeah. since that day. So he's slowly going downhill and then we see a scene where the deacon, who once again, I'm not sure if it's a cousin or a nephew, I really want to say it's his nephew. <laughs> yeah. nephew. Yeah. Yeah, he goes to the house and he's his partner's killed his landlady and he's in that same stupor 
with the welts yeah. all over him. So he's oh, a you know, I think I think the daughter got called the exorcist got called after she stabbed the neighbor lady yes that's right yes that's what happened. because she stabs the neighbor lady because john goo um wakes up paralyzed um basically someone hangs a goat from his, i forgot about that part completely yes. someone hangs the goat outside his right house the dog scene yes. yeah roger dog scene someone hangs the goat outside his house and slits their goat's, and the goat's throat. still alive because it's moving yeah exactly like it's, it's bleeding out that's very traumatic too so, and yeah. that's where, once again, I'm, like, very big proprietor of, of always checking. No animals were harmed in the making of this film, but it, it's legitimately, there's a few animal scenes that look very realistic. Yeah, they, um, they, like, part of the rituals are, like, slitting chickens' throats and goats' throats, but they were very careful, apparently. Yes. With those. And so, but he collapses, and he's unable to move, so his wife and his mother-in-law take mm-hmm. him to, like, an acupuncturist. Um, and he's like, he wakes up and he's like asking where his daughter is and they left her with the neighbor and he's like, you left her alone. They all freak out, run and the neighbor's an elderly woman who's been stabbed multiple times. Yeah. And the daughter's just like crying in the corner, like almost catatonic and then just hysterical because it's, I mean, so it's obvious like she's not trying to do these things, yeah. but, um, she's infected. She's possessed. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting, and um, so yeah, so then the partner's dead, and so the cousin, again, he's a religious man, he's like praying, and he's finally like, I gotta go, I gotta go figure out what's going on. So they have gone up to the stranger's house at this point, and demanded answers, and the stranger has created a zombie, and it sounds really silly, but it's not. Yeah. But he finds a dead man, and so the stranger basically during the exorcism thing i guess he failed and died or almost died yeah almost he, died. he got hurt enough that the that the evil spirit could take over his body again so the evil spirit creates a zombie <laughs> sounds really silly it's not yeah like, like the way they do it it's not really silly but they create he finds a, a corpse in the woods in a car and he creates a zombie so all these men are like that's it we're gonna take this man again they're police officers, and they don't just arrest the man, which I don't understand. But anyways, they go to take revenge to get some, you know, backwoods justice, and they um, basically get attacked by the zombies. So then, of course, they attack the Japanese uh, stranger man, and <laughs> the weirdest. So yeah, that. so yeah, and it's the zombie scene is really scary too because I feel like this is accurate. Like we're all like, yeah, we know what we do if it was a zombie, and all these men are like standing around screaming and crying, which I feel is actually yeah. really accurate. Um, but they manage to like fight off the zombie, but then they chase the Japanese man, and this is like going back and now realizing that maybe he wasn't fully possessed in some scenes. Mm-hmm. It's so sad because he's so scared for his life. He's like running yes. and crying, and it's really upsetting. Yeah, and and Jonggu is so upset about his daughter, and they eventually like lose the stranger over a cliff, and he kind of like drops, and he kind of injures himself. Like they don't actually injure him that much, um, but again, an evil spirit's trying to possess his body, and I guess it's easier to possess a body that's having that's dying or dead. I guess maybe I don't know, um, but. He does call the zombie off of them, so he's obviously being a good person. So then, like, they lose him, and they're driving, and they almost hit a car, and then his body hits their car, and they <laughs> toss his body off the cliff mm-hmm. to get rid of the evidence. And then you see the woman in white behind them, like, watching. So she's still watching, 
And you're like, okay, is she good or bad? Did she make this happen? We're not really sure. Which is why, like, it's interesting how ambiguous it is until the end. So then he had gone back to his daughter and she was better. And now her condition has worsened again. And Il Guang calls him and says, oh, shit. I cursed the wrong spirit because he encounters the woman in white and starts vomiting blood and his nose is like bleeding. This is actually really gross. It's just like bleeding buckets of blood and he's like vomiting blood, which I don't think a real good person would just start vomiting blood in someone's presence, which to me, I was like, oh shit. But also like if you didn't pay close attention, like the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, oh is she attacking him? Oh, what's going on? And so he's basically like trying to go back home, but then there's a plague of locusts that hit his car and he goes back and he calls Jong, uh, wait, J- mm. what is his name? <laughs> uh, Jonggu. Jonggu. Oh, sorry. Jonggu. Sorry. I was like Jong ill. I don't know what I was saying. Jonggu. And he's like, I cursed the wrong spirit. I should have cursed the woman. She's the evil one. Don't trust her. So then Jonggu encounters the woman and she's like, hey, I'm a good spirit, or I'm I'm good, yeah, and sure. I've laid a trap for the evil spirit. If you just wait here and don't go home until after the rooster crows three times, another biblical reference to Peter doubting Jesus three times before the rooster crows. I was like, oh, I like that. I see what you did there. Um, as long as you do that, your family will be safe because I've set a trap for the evil spirit. If you go home beforehand, your family is going to fall victim to what's going on, and there's no way to stop it. Yes. Just don't go home. All he has to do is wait, and he can't because he trusts Ilguang, even though he didn't trust him at first. And what I loved about this scene, too, is, like, so he, so she actually... He asks her if she's ghost because there's also, like, the doubt thing. He's like, are you ghost or are you real? And she sidesteps the question, but as he turns to leave, she grabs him, and her skin's, like, a bluish bluish color. And in Japanese, uh, like, folklore, ghosts are often portrayed with, like, a bluish tint. So, like, the Japanese, Korean folklore, they usually have a bluish tint, which answers the question, she is a ghost um yeah yeah and i think i think one person who seemed like they knew what they were talking about and i can't remember the youtube channel but they were like um there are like land gods Mm -hmm. but they can only they can only protect a certain area so she's obviously like the protector god for that for the town so like she can't go after the evil people which is why she has to watch from a distance sometimes (laughs) but she's trying to protect and and you notice her protection spell or the little flower floral bouquets that you've seen hanging at every crime scene so she's been trying to catch them this whole time yeah but nobody will listen like she keeps trying to save people and they won't listen to her which is so frustrating um because i think one of the the cruxes of being like a good person in general is like a bad (laughs) thing in my opinion is manipulation so like i sometimes lose out like convincing people to do something because i'm not very good at manipulating because i find it to be distasteful whereas other people who are evil are good at manipulation and they can get people to do whatever they want to i think that's a a, i think that's a common good versus evil thing is like good people generally are not manipulative bad people are and so she's not manipulative she's being honest with him 
she's not trying to lie to him and say I'm not a ghost, but she also probably doesn't want to scare the shit out of him. Yeah. So she's like, uh, let's just not talk about that, but really just don't go home. But he can't. Yeah. And he goes home and there is just blood everywhere. And uh, it's really sad because he's just he just walks in his house and he sees all the blood and he just starts crying. And you see the the flowers just shrivel up as he crosses the barrier into his house. Um, I also like the imagery of like all the houses have like gates around them. So it's kind of like barriers, like physical barriers versus emotional barriers versus spiritual barriers was kind of like a cool scene set design kind of thing. Um <laughs> But he goes in, and there's just blood everywhere. And, I mean, he does what I think anyone would do is he's just, like, crying. Yeah. Just crying, and he's just like, uh, oh, like, I don't know what I would do if I came home and uh, everyone I loved was uh, dying. And his wife's, like, dying and stabbed, and he's just like, look at me, and she just passes. And then he finds his daughter, and she's just, like, covered in blood. And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to make everything better. And then you cut back, and Il Guang comes back a few hours later, and it's raining again. Maybe oh, oh we got do you to think the rain is from the good spirit because she's Ugh. sad. That's a good question because I I know this is Korean, but of course there's morning. like there's Japanese folklore like with like the Snow uh-huh. Princess is when the snow falls she cries. Um, so there may be something there. But it's this whole scene is juxtaposition with like one of my favorite scenes I've ever yes. seen in a horror movie. Yes. Please talk about the other scene that's going on at the same time. Yes, I love so it. So creepy. So um so the deacon, um the Japanese speaking deacon, um I believe mm-hmm. his name is Yangai Sam. Yangai Yang Sam? Yang Yai, yeah. 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 And so he decides he's gonna pursue the Japanese stranger and he has like mm-hmm. a scythe, I believe. And he goes into the cave, and he meets the stranger. And I think a cross. A cross, maybe. yeah. A rosary? Yeah. I feel like he's carrying a rosary. Yeah. He a definitely, lot. I know he definitely has the sight, but he goes in there, and he confronts the stranger, and the stranger has, like, a hood over his head, and his face is all messed up, because keep in mind, the last time they saw the stranger, he, he, they threw his body over the cliff. He should yeah, definitely I be dead. he's dead. So, he's talking to him, um... And basically confronting him, and he's just like, you know, I know you're the devil. Show, you know, tell me, just tell me if you mm-hmm. are, and I'll leave. And like one of the best lines is like ever. Well, what makes you think I'm gonna let you leave? And so he's having this conversation with the stranger, and he's like, you know, um, and the stranger just gets out the camera. Keep in mind, yeah. takes photos of the victim. So this is juxtaposition with um, John Gu mm-hmm. talking to the lady in white. So it goes back and forth between yes. these two scenes. So you see the Japanese stranger and his hands are like normal as a human, but his face is kind of distorted. Like the way that they that they film it, it's mm-hmm. just there's something eerie about him and unworldly about him. Mm-hmm. The scene goes back and you see these hands that are like claws. And yes. he's just like, look at my hands and, and tell me. And it's going back to that beginning scene, the yes, opening scene. He is, yes, yeah. and they're quoting, he's quoting that exact chapter from the Bible. Look at my hands. I am not a ghost. I am real. And you're like, oh, fuck. And I think that's the whole thing with, like, the gods being on Earth and the gods are real. They're tangible things. Yeah. At least according to this movie's lore. And it's um, phenomenal because he lowers the camera and you see he's a demon. And I mean, he's a demon. I know if you're if you're like that weird kid like me that was really that's like an American kid that was really into like uh you know Asian culture. You see these scrolls of demons and it's like 
spot on. <laughs> like what? A, 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 Wait, what is it? Otaku? If you were an otaku? Oh, yeah, that's like an anime fan, like a stream one. If you were an otaku, yeah. you know what we're talking about. Yes, and it is... I wasn't until I was a little older, but yes. It is like literally chilly like it is chilly i feel like there is legitimately like either it's either an anime oh you know who it reminded me of you know in sailor moon when (laughs) (laughs) you know in sailor moon when they go down to the depths where queen what's her face is the evil lady queen barrel i'm sorry it's been a long time i'm sorry wait queen queen barrel barrel thank Mm -hmm. you um, but there are like demons and stuff. Like, like they they look like the demons from like Sailor Moon. Yeah, like, when they are like possessing people and shit. Sailor Moon is very under. Well, I guess maybe it's not underrated. But watching it as an adult, it's just like the funnest thing ever. Yeah, it's also it's a little it's a little mature for children. It really not, is. Yeah, it's more like Spice Girls mature. Like it's mature, but it's like light hearted enough that you don't really understand that there's like like there's there's a couple episodes where like these demons are like dressed as handsome men and they're like trying to seduce her her friends and you're like this is, it's a little sexual. They're like fourteen. Yeah, this is a little adult. But then like it doesn't go all the way so it's kind of like it's kind of like the spice girls you know they're like if you want to be my lover you got to get with my friends it's fine we got to be friends first y'all so it's kind of like kind of sexy but not too anyways so but that's what it reminded me of i feel yeah. like there's some demon in that or maybe it's death note that i'm thinking of like the death but it's very much like like asian folklore demons obviously that's what they're coming out from yeah and it's it's a movie made in korea (laughs) and it's it's really scary too because like i legitimately wasn't expecting it i didn't think it was going to be like real real demons i was like oh oh okay it's real but the way they do it is again so subtle yeah that like it seems believable just like his daughter being possessed seems believable because again they don't take cheap shots they just let you kind of stew in it so like Again, I think this movie, the pacing, if you just cut out some of the extraneous bits, I think it would be fine. Like, they don't need to visit the stranger multiple times yeah. and, like, go into his house multiple times. There's just some fat <laughs> that could have been trimmed to make this movie just a little more streamlined. So, it, it, I feel like the gut punch of the person you thought was good is evil um, was kind of taken away because it took such a long time to get there. Yeah. And you you were actually going to finish um, what was what was happening after too. I didn't mean to cut you out, but I definitely wanted to share. Oh no, that you're gym. good. Yeah, no, no. I'm glad you because I yeah because that's an important part, and that is probably the creepiest part. Also, I feel real bad for the priest guy. Um, but and you, you obviously know that he has been taking pictures of everybody. Yeah. But Il Gong, um, the shaman, just shows up again in really nice clothes, and all of a sudden, I think he's cleaned up too. Like, there's not blood everywhere. And he starts taking pictures, too, of everything. And he goes right up to John Goo. And John Goo just is, like, dying. Yeah. And his daughter's outside, just like the man from the first crime scene. She's just sitting outside, catatonic. And she's not dead, but she's going to be dead. Because whatever made her kill her family is going to kill her now. Um, And... You see Ilguang put the picture in a box, and then he accidentally drops it, and then you see all the pictures that were at the man's, the stranger's house, and uh, they're in it together. And in the deleted scene, 
I think that's where it pretty much ends. Like, he leaves town. But in the deleted scene, (laughs) you see the stranger looking like a human again. He's sitting at, like, a bus stop. And there's, like, a family across the street. And he tries to, like, the little kid to come over so he can give it something. So I guess he can steal some of its clothing. And um, the mom picks up the kid. It's like, oh, no, honey, don't talk to strangers. And then Il Guang comes up in a car and picks him up. And they drive away. And you just see the woman in white kind of, like, walk towards them. But she can't go any further. Yeah. So she just kind of, like, watches them leave. So at least they're out of that town, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, so so ghosts are real, apparently. There are demons and um, scary and uh, just listen to the woman in white. Why would you mistrust a woman in white? In all cultures, women dressed in white are, like, the Virgin Mary. And, like, I'm just saying, like, across cultures. Like, like, like. Unless you're on your well, I mean, but she, her hair wasn't in front of her <laughs> exactly. face. Exactly. She wasn't going, Aah. Exactly. And she's also, like, dressed, and this is being really nitpicky, but usually on Rio's, it's like they're wearing the white, like, burial kimonos compared to, like, right. this woman's wearing, like, a skirt. Now, granted. And a top. Um, Asami was also dressed all in white, too, for audition. Well, but I think that was to trick people. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she was. Yeah. And it was symbolic of that. <laughs> um, but that's also Japan and not Korea. But yeah. I feel like I feel like women, generally speaking, that aren't vindictive, betrayed ghosts. Like, because usually, like, like, that kind of evil spirit isn't evil because they're evil. They're evil because they've been betrayed yes. by a human. By the way, I, there is a podcast called, I think it's called Haunted Places, and they did one about... Oh, Okuku, Okoko, Okoko's well, Okiku's, Okiku's well, Okiku's well, and it's the well that the ring was based on, uh-huh. and it actually is a real well in this really old Japanese fortress. And basically, the story is that this girl, her like she was a servant in a house, Okiku, and or is it Kiku? I don't know. Anyways, the girl was a servant in the house, and her master. Uh, made a pass at her one too many times and she was like no thank you and she was in charge of these like very these uh, expensive plates and he broke one or stole one to like blame her for it and like either running away from him she accidentally fell down the well and died or he pushed her down the well and she died because she didn't accept his advances um so that is Okiku's well, and that's what the ring is based on, is there is a well that someone died in, and it's supposedly very haunted, and it's this old Japanese fortress, like a really old, old, old um, fortress. That I don't know if the fortress is still standing, because I think at the beginning of the story of the podcast, they said they, they did try to make a hotel around it, but I, I don't know if the well is still there, but it did actually exist, and that's where that legend comes from. I thought that was interesting. I thought of you, Britt. I meant to tell you for Halloween. Yay! I was like, that's cool. That is really cool. Sad, yeah, so sad, I was cool. like, oh, it's the story. Okay. So that's, uh, yeah. So, but those spirits are mostly betrayed. But I feel like, like you see benevolent female figures in a lot of um, folklore. Like, if you look at the Lady of the Lake, 
from Arthurian legend, which is probably the white people's version of folklore. It's probably King Arthur. It's probably our closest, like, folklore. Unless, like, you look at, like, Celtic gods and stuff. But, like, women are usually, like, benevolent gods. They're not usually evil gods. They're usually, like, motherly. The Virgin Mary, like, again, like, Catholic, so I, I think she's real. But, um, you know, she, she comes to people in need. So, like, you know, Our Lady of Guadalupe and Fatima and all that stuff, you know, it's it's a good thing to see a woman dressed in white. It Like, you know, it's not usually a cursed thing. So, for me, I was like, oh, it's a lady dressed in white. I'm going to trust her. Yeah. I'm not going to trust this pretty boy shaman. Um, because I don't think, I mean, again, like, the shaman that I looked like, they were dressed in, like, their traditional Korean garb. But, like, she wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a rich palace she was living in. It was just, like, a nice business area. Like, because, you know what? Like, I don't think, again, ostentatiousness does not, to me, uh, spout religious integrity. But that's just me. I don't know. I'm not trying to get on too many soapboxes. Yeah. But, yeah, to me, I was a little mad that he just didn't trust her. Yeah. Um, But that is, I mean, honestly... I don't know what I would trust at that point because that is kind of like I like like he doesn't know for sure that if he doesn't go home nothing bad's gonna happen but then also like at this point you've tried exorcisms you've tried everything else just wait and then go home yeah but yeah I you know I mean again but he also is late I mean he doesn't really have and I will say this and to play to his defense he has some kind of relationship with the shaman. He doesn't have really much of a relationship with the Lady in White. And so it's a lot easier to trust someone you have a established relationship versus someone you've seen, like, randomly twice and talked to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the shaman's an evil bastard, though. Yeah. I feel bad for the stranger guy because he wasn't trying to be evil. But now he is. Kind of sucks. Because yeah. he actually did die. And so now it's just an evil spirit inhabiting his body. Yeah. Which is just just great. But yeah. I know. It is. Uh, but yeah, this movie was a doozy. So I, I would like to yeah. ask you, Katie. Uh, tell me some things you liked about it. And tell me some things you disliked about it. So I really liked the cinematography. I thought it was gorgeous. There's all these like. It reminded me of Okja. When they're, like, in the forest playing with Okja. And it's just, like, this beautiful, like, forest and rivers. And I'm like, man, I want to go to South Korea. It's gorgeous. Like, it looks like a fairy tale. I just love all the green <laughs> lushness. It's beautiful. Uh, I do think the writing is solid. And there's lots of layers to it. Again, too long. Um, could trim the fat. But other than that, you know, I think the thing I started saying this, and I don't think I finished my thought. The thing about like a movie like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, where it languishes in like scenery, is that there's not a lot of plot to get through, so it's not complicated. So you can do that, but this is trying to tell a very complicated story, and also languish in like look at this beautiful cinematography and stuff, and you're just like, eh, you know don't do too much that like like hereditary did a really good job of having like like the dollhouse scenery set and it was a very strong visual and it was very like 
pretty, pretty. Um, but they did it very quickly, and it would lead into other scenes. Instead, like, this has all these, like, establishing shots that just kind of sit. Like, oh, my God, look, isn't it pretty? And you're like, okay, but we need to know more because you're telling us a lot of information. And I think that's, again, I I think it's a good movie, but I do think it's just they should have trimmed the fat a little bit. Yeah. And I do like the performances. Like, the young actress who played the daughter, Hyojin, I think is yeah. her name. Um, she did a really good job. Apparently she went to, like, modern dance class or something so she could learn how to twist her body like that. Um, and I think we already said, like, the contrast of humor and horror is good. And, um, I have a couple things about special effects. I think the gore scene special effects were very realistic and, um, that all looked real. But there was something kind of silly about the stranger when, like, his eyes turned red it was a little silly until the end. Then he was scary. But like when his eyes, when he looks like a normal man, oh his yeah, eyes were just glowing red. I the was deer like, scene. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm not scared. So, <laughs> so I feel like there was a little bit of silliness there. But generally, I think the effects were really good, especially at the murder scenes because the, the that looked like a legit murder scene and was bad times all around so yeah that's and i like the biblical references i thought it was cool i'm sure there's more religious references that i'm not familiar with but it's it's very layered and the director did say he's like i think we're not ambiguous about what good and evil is but you know i just kind of went to showcase different religions and though he seems to be very like how we feel about religion like it's okay to take a little bit from column a and column b and column c you know, just every, you know. Anyways, but I do like that they at least stuck to their guns about telling you who the evil person was and who the good person was. So, that was nice. I just feel like we would have gotten a better punch yeah. in the gut about don't trust Ilguang if we had, it had moved a little faster. Because it was like, I don't know. It just like, I was like, oh, okay, this is happening now. It just, like, hereditary when she tries to kill her son after she takes her own head off. <laughs> you know, it's ramped up quite a lot, and you're like, ah, shit. Like, it's scary, and when he jumps out the window, like, it, it leads to that conclusion, and, like, by the time he jumps out of the window in Hereditary, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, but, but, you know, the rest of the movie, like, like this movie, like, I, I feel like you... Maybe maybe you should have watched an Ari Aster film, but I think Hereditary maybe came out the same year or yeah. a little after. I feel like it was same year, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Is Hereditary that old? Isn't it? Oh, twenty eighteen. Oh, so is it actually? This wow. Is before Hereditary. So yeah, Ari Aster did like two movies back to back, and then he hasn't done anything for for a bit. So uh, Ari Aster, get on it because we like watching you. Yes, we do. Um, Although apparently Midsummer is a contentious thing. Like, I feel like we were talking this weekend and I was like, I love Midsummer. It was like, me, it was Taylor likes Midsummer too. Yeah, Taylor, I like Midsummer. I just like Hereditary more than Midsummer. I, I think Hereditary is more palatable, even though it's way grosser <laughs> to people. Like, it's way more graphic because, like, I don't know. But I, I really like what Hereditary stands for. But also, personally, gone through a breakup this last year. And rewatching Midsummer, and then I got really into doing art about Midsummer. <laughs> we know I have my crying girl picture that I'm very proud of. That like I, you know, I just feel Danny. Yeah. I understand why she would fall for a cult. I'm not. I didn't fall for a cult though, guys. I'm not in a cult. Yeah. I promise. 
Florence, um, P- but I get it. Florence Pugh is amazing in that movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with the whaling, I would agree a lot on the things that you talked about. So, I love the layers to this script. Like it's, I feel like there's a lot of um, really interesting things going on. It's something you can really dig your like teeth into. Um, and I thought that was really cool. I I do like layers when I'm when I'm watching something. I really enjoyed that. Um, let me see what else did I enjoy. I feel like I had something else that I really liked. I guess this okay. So I do, I do like the movie. Um, Link Link was an issue for me too. Um, John Goo as a character. I mean, I felt sorry for him, but then there was other times he really pissed me off. So that was also kind of like ah. Um, yeah, but at least he seemed human. Yeah, he was very human. Um, I would agree. Okay, I like what I love about um, Asian cinema that I feel like Americans, I wish we would take a note from. I like this movie didn't have jump scares because I hate jump yes. scares. Um, no jump scares. I felt like it, I feel like jump scares usually cheapen my viewing experience, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did like that. Um, it was really just the length. Um like you said, I think there's some things that could have been cut. Um, so, yeah, I would say that would be my biggest issue, really, is the length. Um, mm-hmm. I would, this would be a movie I would probably watch again with someone who's never seen it before if we were, like, talking about it. But mostly I think yes. this is a movie I would revisit certain scenes from, me personally. Yes, and that's what, like, when I went to rewatch it, because I try to watch every movie twice if I can. Yeah. I, I was, like, rewatching scenes. Because I was just like, I just can't watch this whole thing. I would like to watch it again with other people. Yeah. Like, maybe in a group setting. Um, not a huge group, but, like, a couple other people. I don't think it would be a fun group setting unless you're people that are, like, movie nerds. Yeah. That would like to analyze it. Um, or do you just really like Korean cinema or Asian cinema in general? Because I think it is really well made. I just think it's too long and it kind of disappointed me. But, like... The parts I like, I really like, yeah. and there is a great movie. And I'm I'm curious that the reports I've gotten on all the reviews and blogs written about it and analyses was that this movie was created in editing, and they trimmed a lot of the scenes that would have made the ending more clear, yeah, and added clarity. So I was like, what the fuck did they trim if this movie's two hours and forty minutes? I do like the ending. That's something else I like, because um, that's something else I don't feel like we see a lot in American cinema. Not many people are willing to go with something so bleak as an ending. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bleak. Yeah. Even um, even Audition had kind of, like, a hopeful ending. Yeah. Like, it was really depressing and sad, but the son did save him at the end. So, spoilers if you didn't see Audition. <laughs> but it was our last episode, so you should have. Um, that was a good one. It was. I definitely liked uh, Audition. Audition was easier to watch a second time. <laughs> Even though it's horrific at the end, but there's something I don't know. It's a good movie. It's it's a it's a standard horror movie that you got to see for a reason. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm because I was kind of afraid I would be like it was boring and you'd be like it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of slow. I'm sorry. It's like okay. it, I would. I I wish it. I wish it was just a little shorter so it was more palatable. But it wasn't like. It was not bad at all. I would still recommend it, for sure. Yeah, I think if, if you've... I think what I wrote down was like, would you recommend it? Solid movie if you've got three hours to spare. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and you don't mind reading subtitles, which I always say with foreign films, because even though I don't think you should let that scare you away from a foreign film, I, I get that some people just don't have the attention span for it. Yeah. So, 
But, I mean, I think it's worth it. I, I would say watch Old Boy before this movie, though. Yeah. If you're going to watch... Or Parasite. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've already watched at least Parasite, if not Parasite and Hellboy. So. Yes. Even my sister, who hasn't watched half the movies we've covered, did finally see Parasite. So awesome. My mom made her watch it. Yes. <laughs> so she would have, she, she could listen to the podcast. Yes. My mom was like, no, it's really good. You have to watch it. It's really so, good. Because everyone watches Parasite, and they're like, oh, fuck. I think, I don't know if they watched Hereditary yet, but I told her about Midsummer, and she was like, I haven't seen it yet. I was like, oh, my God. We have to watch Midsummer and Hereditary. Exactly. Especially Tony Collette. Okay, sorry, Britt. No, no, you're good. We'll um, So, did you have a rating for this movie? I actually have two. I don't think they're my best ratings, but um, they're very similar. Rated S for showy shaman showman. Ah. That's a tongue twister. And rated E for exhausting exorcisms and expletives. <laughs> there you go. I had uh, rated P for policemen and possessions. Or rated D for deacons and demons. Oh, I don't know. Which one do we want to go with? I don't know. Those are all pretty, like, solid Grindhouse Girl ratings. I know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of like deacons and demons. Yes. Let's do it. Um, I'm also going to have to give this one, uh, it's really hard to say a seven and a half or eight, but I'm going to have to probably go with eight just because I really like the ending. Like, really like the ending. I went with a six. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's too fucking long. That's okay. I've, I'll, the ending gets an eight. Okay. But, <laughs> at the beginning, but the middle gets a six. There you go. So I've averaged your score. No. Closer to a seven. There you go. Hey, I'd rather you be but, honest on how you feel about it, so. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I just was like, oh my god, get to the point. Yes. <laughs> so that being said, it is now your pick, Katie. It is. Okay. So it is my turn to pick. Woo! Yay. So there were a couple movies we thought of, uh, or I thought of, but they were kind of like, sad and depressing and slow burning and that's kind of what the wailing was so to turn it turn it on its head we are going to do a movie that i've seen once but only once but i immediately wanted to write a musical version of it because i think it'd be cool um but this movie was basically written as a feminist satire of slasher films and got kind of turned into something completely different when it got into the hands of another director and I find it very interesting and the authors had a lot to say about it so I hope we'll have a lot to talk about it's called the slumber party massacre and you've probably seen um the poster for it somewhere if you at all watch horror movies um but it's a little more grindhousey it's a little more classic slasher um, but yeah, it's very interesting because it was written by a feminist author. And, and while I, when I say feminist, like, she wrote this as satire of the slasher genre. And um, it got turned into, like, a series. And so I find it, like, just very interesting. It is streaming on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Yes. And um, basically, it's a 1982 horror movie about a slumber party that is... Uh, interrupted by a drill-wielding maniac. And, yeah, there's a second one. I think there's a third one. Um, But, yeah, it came out kind of when all of those, like, uh, co-ed 
slasher films were coming out. And so it, it's making fun of that. But also it kind of becomes that. So, but I, again, I've only seen it once and it's been a while. But I remember being like, huh, this is fun. So it's more fun. Um, but I'm kind of excited. And I, it's kind of, a, I feel like people have heard about it, but not a lot of people have actually seen it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel it's more grindhousey because we have been doing a few more, maybe a couple more popular movies. Although I feel like audition people are so afraid of that it feels very grindhousey. Um, but, you know, just because things are popular, I think Britt says this better than I do, but just because things are popular doesn't mean they're not good. Exactly. And not worth watching. Although, you know, we're trying to give a voice to the voiceless movies i guess too that's a big goal for this yeah exactly but i don't know i feel like we walk a really good line i find this one interesting yeah we, we walk a really good line i feel between classic and so we got classic and then we got some mainstream and then we got some unknown movies and we got some foreign movies so basically i feel like as long as it meets kind of our criteria of the genres we're looking for yeah. that we will typically do it so yeah, and I, I think this one's an interesting bench. Um, but yeah, so go watch The Wailing, but go watch Summer <laughs> Party Massacre on Amazon Prime Woo! first, and we'll be back next week um, to talk about it. Thanks for listening. I know we'll probably have a new president by the time this is, and again, it's going to be fine, y'all, no matter what happens. We're on this together. I'm just kidding, but... Um, Every time someone says that about COVID, it sings in my head, even though I did not uh, watch High School Musical for the first time until, like, a couple years ago. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe to Instagram, Facebook. Find us. I don't know. Maybe we should get a TikTok. Um, <laughs> and and thanks, thanks for listening. We've had a lot of engagements recently, and we appreciate it. Yes, as always, drink your water, um, take those naps when you need them, uh, take care of yourself, and we are so looking forward to seeing you next week. Uh, same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Take care of each other and stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. Good night, Katie. Bye. Night, Britt. Bye. Bye, guys. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by katie dale and Brittany ray and edited by katie dale all music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations if you have any questions comments suggestions please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com thanks for listening we'll see you soon